You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remsa Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics podcast at secondprintcomics.com. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Folks, we have a great show for you today. Um, I'm in Virginia and I, I, you know, I can never stop reporting. That's why we got to do these things on the run. Uh, is that a subtle marketing plug? Yes, no, maybe. I'll let you determine that. But we have Miss Lauren Liberty on the show today. We're discussing some Libertarian Party news. And I know what some of you are probably thinking, oh, I'm not a Libertarian or I don't care about the LP. Uh, this is a, consider this like a social you know, I won't say a social experiment, but like a social case issue of people when they get involved in any organization, industry, cause, what forces people to get active in situations where they wouldn't necessarily otherwise, what makes people motivated to do things that often aren't awarded, and why do we continue to put our efforts and energies and time and resources towards things we might not always see serious results on. I think this is a good episode for anyone, whether you're in politics, whether you're in business, whether you're in a volunteer organization, because ultimately we have to understand that when we align our passions with things that we really want to do career-wise or extracurricular-wise, we have to be able to really justify ourselves when things are worth it and when they're not. So I think this is an episode that a lot of people will be able to get a lot of value of. I don't talk often about libertarian politics as much anymore, but I felt like this was a good conversation of somebody who knows a bit about what's going on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Lauren, thank you for coming on. Had uh, had some technical difficulties. I always feel stupid when I have to start a show with that. But if you're listening to this program, you've got nothing else better going on. So you might as well just be in the moment. Be, be, be in the moment with me on this one, folks. Uh, Lauren, I reached out because uh, you caught me on Twitter. I got caught in your Twitter web for hashtag Thirst Traps for Liberty, which I'm always oh. thinking is, is hilarious when people try and find different ways to get people to read a Rothbard quote or something. So good on you for that one. But what really, what really piqued my attention is you went ahead and put out a poll that over, I think it was over 400 people had responded to in less than a couple of hours. It had to do with whether or not people thought that LP National, the Libertarian Party National Committee, was actually paying attention to them and had their best interests at heart. Now, I don't like to get into too much of that stuff. I feel that personally it's a waste of time. And uh, emotionally, I moved on from the Libertarian Party uh, about four years ago. But it's always interesting to see what people are 
you know, in, in investing their time in. And as I was reading through the responses, reading through the comments, that's when I, I connected with you. And I was like, hey, I, I, I want to know why people still feel the need to stay connected to something I think is wasting their time, money, and attention. So, you know, what, what, what did you get out of that poll? Why did you put it up in the first place? And I mean, did the responses surprise you in any way? Uh, so the story of why I started that poll in the first place is it's a little bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can kind of give you the short version, which is I had been reaching out to national, uh, they have a Slack channel and I was, uh, they have a cohort team, like social media messaging cohort team. So mm-hmm. I wasn't any, uh, in any official capacity, but I do messaging for the Arizona Libertarian Party. Um, That's what I do. That is what I'm passionate about. Uh, I like if you see a statement put out by the AZLP, it was written by me with the help of usually the chair. Uh, If you see a press release, same thing. It's usually written by me with the help of the chair, the tweets, but all of that. Uh, So we've had a really high success rate with our messaging since the new board was elected in January. The numbers have just skyrocketed. So I like to think that I'm doing okay. I I might be onto something here. Maybe what I'm saying is resonating with people. And that's the whole point of messaging, right? Right. So when I first got put into this group, I was like, hey, I introduced myself. I'm with AZLP. I do messaging. It's what I love to do. I'm happy to help. I want to help. I think that on a national level, there has been uh, not very strong messaging, and that's what people want to see. So anyway, um, the whole thing with the, did you see the MSN, I think it was MSNBC thing that uh, they put out about, Oh, even libertarians are for. Oh, the libertarian case for vaccine mandates. Yes, I was like drinking a bottle of bleach. It was beautiful, beautifully <laughs> horrifying. But yeah, yes. it happens. That was a real thing. That's the world we're living in now. Yes. Uh, so that sparked a bunch of the state affiliates coming out and saying, "No, there's you got one libertarian to say this. This is not representative of all of us." And many of us believe either way, it should be a choice. If you want it, great. If you don't want it, great. It shouldn't be mandated, period. That's it. End of discussion. So I was looking through the comments on that post, the original post by MSNBC, and there was a lot of people um, calling out National for saying, hey, you guys haven't even responded to this. And this is like a public attack on on our platform. Basically, we're supposed to be the party of principles, right? So we should be preaching what's in our platform when things like that happen. And there was a ton of people that were like, I am not going to renew my membership. I will never give the LP another dollar. I uh, basically calling them out. So I brought it up and I was like, I sent them the link and I was like, hey, I think we should really acknowledge this because a lot of people are rightfully kind of upset that national hasn't said anything and they still didn't say anything. And then somebody else agreed with me and they were like, you know, it was like a day later and they're like, yeah, even if we just quote tweeted it and just said no, or, you know, just not really, or like, that's not actually what we believe. Like it didn't even have to be a very, a simple no. That's really just to point out that that's actually not, the belief of all libertarians. So anyway, um, they still didn't. And I was like, Hey, it looks really bad that national hasn't said anything and we need to do better. Like we need to step it up. We need to get it together and do better with our messaging. And, uh, I said, I, as well as many other people that I've talked to don't feel represented by the messaging that national has and hasn't put out because there is a glaring lack of messaging and I got kicked out. Well now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Um, neither did I. I. I was pretty like, wow, okay, that's kind of uh crappy. And so 
that was sort of when I made it my personal mission to, you know, one of the things that I, I said in, in my messages also was like, I have and always will push for national to have good messaging and strong ideology and, and stick to our principles because that's what we're supposed to be about. And I will always push for that. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with noticing that something is lacking and pointing it out. I said, I even would, you know, I do that with people that I work with and not, I wasn't rude. I wasn't disrespectful in any way. I just said, Hey, this is what I see and we can do better. We need to do better because that's the only way we will get better. And I was met with being essentially silenced. Uh, I was, I was shut out. Um, That that seems to be, that seems to be like a running trend and it's not, it's not a new trend either. So the recent events, or I would say more recent events with the LNC have proven that those who speak out against uh, the powers that be, so to say, get silenced. They, it's like a witch hunt kind of. Um, I, I noticed that with Karen Ann Harlow's, with Josh Smith, you know, it, it's any anybody that goes against the grain or points something out and says, hey, this is not OK or, you know, I don't agree with this. And you they're going to turn against you is kind of the the sentiment that I sort of got from reading the LNC public list. How, how long have you been uh, a member of the Libertarian Party? Um, so I've been a libertarian since 2008. Uh, I would say for m- most of my time as a libertarian, I was a small L libertarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really become involved with the party in any sort of official capacity until about maybe a little bit over a year ago. Uh, and I'm from New York originally, so up there it really wasn't, especially back in 2008, wasn't really a thing. <laughs> it, was, it was few and far between to meet anybody else that was even remotely liberty-minded up there, much less an actual libertarian. So, you know, I kind of just did my own thing. I, uh, whatever. And then I moved to Arizona two years ago and I realized that Arizona is a pretty libertarian state in its own right. Um, And when I first moved out here, I volunteered at an event and one thing led to another. And now I'm actually the second vice chair and communications director for the state. So, Well, let me preface with this. What frustrates me is that there are thousands of people across the country who are talented, who have skills, who have networks, who have the extra time that they want to dedicate towards different organizations. And with the, you know, I'm not saying that every other organization, even within the political space, is perfect. But what has always bothered me about the Libertarian Party is that um, you get this like big fish in a small pond syndrome, where essentially, regardless as to who is in there at a certain time, and I think a lot of people think that it's personality driven. I think it's more systemic. What what you have is you have this organization that is going to suck the time and energy away from people that they could be otherwise putting towards other things, even for the same, you know, reasons, the cause of Liberty. And then what they do is they, they burn them out and they, you know, they move on. And then you, what you just did is you lost another person. Then you're just constantly moving from scratch. I, I, I see a person like you online. I see a lot of other people in social media. And the one thing libertarians have going for them is that we tend to, and I don't know if other people would admit to this, but we do dominate a lot of the political conversation online. It's either us or the extremely far left socialist bunch. Yeah. And, you know, co- what comes of that are pros and cons. But w- when, it, when it comes to the LP, I mean, what, what I was looking at in terms of a lot of the responses was I was really just trying to see for that poll and the thread of conversation that happened underneath it. How many just really good, talented people, people that are like subject matter experts and leaders in their own personal communities and space have just been like, fuck it. I'm done. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of people. And I don't know. Like I, I don't, I, 
I'm going to sound like the guy who's, who's a downer for a lot of this, but it's just like, I don't understand why some people still feel the need to keep this, this party moving. It's, it's not a loaded thing. I just genuinely don't get it. I don't know if it's a lost sense of community. I don't know whether it's because they genuinely believe they can make it work. I just don't, I don't understand. Well, so, um, that was kind of the point of why I did that poll. Mm -hmm. It was to prove the point after all of that had happened with the messaging thing. And mind you, they have a ton of people volunteering and giving great material. And, you know, it's kind of just falls to the wayside. Um, So just to sort of give you an idea as. So the poll ended there was 942 votes. Hot damn. Uh Uh-huh. It it actually, I couldn't believe how quickly, within like two minutes, it already had like 200 votes. It was crazy. So this is something that people are, really feel passionately about, which is understandable. There's, you know, National is representing every big L libertarian, I suppose. So the results were 92% said they did not feel represented by national and only 8% said yes out of 942 votes. Um, And as of August 25th, it had 56 comments on it. So a lot of people, and some of those were just me replying, but I mean, a lot of people did chime in. uh, And for anybody that hasn't seen the poll, I tried to word it in a way that I wasn't leading anybody to answer any type of way. All I, I didn't said, feel, I didn't feel like it did. Thank uh, you. I like the I, way I, it's done. Yeah. I tried to word it objectively. All I said was libertarian friends. Do you feel represented by national? Feel free to elaborate as to why or why not in the comments. And I even put as the first option. Yes, because I didn't want it to come off that I was trying to bait people into saying no, I wanted genuine, uh, authentic interactions with this. And a lot of what people replied was that they felt that there was a lack of messaging and that the messaging that was put out was very wishy-washy. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't strong messaging. It wasn't um, issue oriented. It was sort of very broad. We don't want to offend anybody type of stuff. So, so like, let's take, let's take 2020, for example. And I'm not, I'm I'm not going to lead with, with, with some of the bigger issues I had with it, but it's like 2020 was the year where it's like libertarians should have been on like every network should have been leading every conversation. And it seemed like when, when it came to the lockdowns, LP national was largely silent when it came to forcible vaccine mandates, they were largely silent when it came to a lot of these things, you know, when, when conservatives go out with guns and they don't really do much, you know, libertarians are like, well, you know, we support freedom of assembly, but you shouldn't go out in a way that provokes people. And then when BLM goes out and the building is on fire, then it's typically like, well, you know, we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. and Maybe we should have a conversation. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like there's a strange juxtaposition in terms of the priorities. And every organization is a reflection of the people who run it. You see that in business. You see that in everywhere where there are people involved. You're going to find personalities. But this isn't something that started like in the past year. This isn't something that is exclusive to 2020. This has been going on for, for decades. And I work in the nonprofit space and everything we do, we have to justify what we're doing and we have to be able to provide results to our donors because if we're not delivering very tangible results on certain things, they take their money and go with, with the libertarian party. They're not just taking up people's time. They're taking up people's money. And I don't know if it's a them problem because they just don't seem to course correct. Or maybe it's an us problem because we see that's never going to change, but we're still going to keep feeding it because it's still better than nothing. Right. Um, I think one thing that was brought to my attention is that there are a lot of people that have these issues uh, with national and then they don't actually bring it to national. Um, and I am definitely about taking action. I am about letting my concerns be known and providing a solution. I think that that's really important. Anybody can sit there and complain, but without 
taking action and providing a solution, you're just complaining. You're not doing anything really. Um, so one thing that I would say to those people that do feel like uh, they want to see some sort of change on the national party level, message your representative. Uh, there are uh, regional representatives. It's super easy to find them. You just go onto lp.org and then just click on the LNC and you can find who your representative is. You can also message the at-large reps because they are sort of all-encompassing. Um, there's also an option to message the entire LNC, which I've done. <laughs> uh, it's super easy. You just click the, the option to just message the LNC and it'll message everyone. So if you have an issue and I'm very, like I said, I'm very vocal. I keep up with the um, public list. Also, I try to keep an eye on things that are going on and I try to let my, um, what I want to see be known because that's the only way you're going to make any sort of difference is let them know. I mean, if they can't say, oh, we didn't know that all these people felt this way, if we're letting them know directly, it's just honestly the same concept as lobbying. You know, if you're directly lobbying those people in your local legislation, well, then they can't say, oh, I didn't know the constituents felt that way. And then they know. And, and whether they vote that way or not, that's on them. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, when convention comes around, let's get those people that didn't listen to their constituents out and put somebody in that will. What, what so, does the change look like though? Because um, I mean, we saw this of Nicholas Sarwark and I'm not a fan of Nicholas Sarwark, but mm -hmm. I, I want to give credit was credit was due. Like when it came to like leading the meetings, when it came to leading the conventions and stuff like that, there there's really nobody who, who did it better, at least in the past couple decades that, mm -hmm. that I've been looking at it. Um, and, and it's one of the situations where it's like what, what's going to happen is and it's not like it's different with us than it is with the Republicans, the Democrats. You get people who come in, they point out the problem, they make a lofty promise. And then once they get in, they're like, well, things are different than you think. And you're just going to have to trust that I have the right judgment to make those changes. And then it becomes the same problem. You just have different faces dealing right. with it. Right. And, and with the LP specifically, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I vote Republican a lot. I'm, I'm not going to deny it. I, I do, because at least they get out there and they do that. And I totally understand the issues with, with, with libertarians running for local elections and things like that. But when it comes to LP National, which is at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, the, the go-to source for your average American when they think, okay, what do the libertarians think? It's failed so many times. And each time it's like, okay, here's your moment. They, they, they just look around and they're like, nah, I, I think we're going to pass on this one. They drop the ball. Yes, absolutely. Um, and sort of to a point that you were making earlier about like, why do these people stick around? Uh, maybe... I'm just stubborn. Like I can only speak for myself, but it's like, I've dedicated so much time um, and energy and, and effort into advancing Liberty um, that I don't want to give up. I don't want to let those people that I don't think are doing the best that they can do win. And maybe that's silly. Maybe that's juvenile, but for me, I found that in the Libertarian Party, it's something that I can pretty much like 99% agree with the platform, the principles, things of that nature. And that's really important to me. And I would never say toe party lines. That's one thing that, like you said, you vote Republican. Great. I think that people need to vote for who they feel best represented by. And if that's not a Libertarian candidate, I get that. And I would never expect somebody to vote libertarian just because of the letter next to their name. Um, but it is also important for us to take into consideration, okay, well, we need to start running candidates that do appeal to those people that want to vote libertarian, but they just can't in good faith put in a, a, a vote for that person. So there's a lot of um, introspection that needs to be done and it it doesn't really happen. Nobody really they're just kind of, you know, comfortable with just floating along, I suppose. I don't really know. But there are people that do want to see change. And the best way to do that is to, to make it known and vote accordingly, even especially within the party. That's where it's going to start.
Do you, do you think the political outcomes matter more than the cultural outcomes? Because I, I've always seen this this issue where people often will say, and I, I've lived outside Washington, D.C. most of my life. I think a lot of uh, what you hear from like the Cato Institute and other libertarian think tanks and research companies is, well, people, they, they're just not educated enough. They just don't understand enough. We just need to go ahead and run another candidate for office or issue another series of white papers or go on TV. But I feel like at that point, uh, that, that person's already made up their mind. I feel that, you know, largely libertarians are a lot like conservatives. They've given up on culture. They they, they're they're almost too serious for even their own sake to a degree, and I know when people hear that they're like the libertarians being serious. It's like yeah, there there's a lot of self seriousness, a lot of you know the, this this self anointed elitism that comes from it. Well, you just don't know better. Well, you just need to read the books and you just need to understand this. But at the end of the day, it's like you know I see a lot of young liberty activists, and I, I look at them and they're coming out of college, for example, and they're willing to go live in their cars to go work seventy hours a week for a camp. That's going to go get one percent of a vote, or they're going to go take an internship for minimum wage, working sixty plus hours a week, and by the end of the month, when they get their paycheck, there's not enough money at the end of the paycheck. And it's one of the situations where it's like we we give so much of our money, and m- money is important because money is the value of our time. But the thing is, like we're giving so much of ourselves over to organizations that I just feel don't appreciate people. It's like if I had a friend that worked at a business that treated them like shit. And then, you know, it was just like, oh, well, you know, it's going to get better or even a more drastic scenario. It's like Rihanna, Chris Brown doesn't hit you because he loves you. That's not how it works, girl. Run, run, Rihanna, run. And it's just like this. I, I, I don't know how many times you can forgive somebody or some organization like this until you just have to think, you know what? I know what my value is. I know what I bring to the table. Maybe I'm not the problem. Maybe you're the problem. Uh, yes, I completely. So yes, agree. the LB National is the Chris Brown of third party politics. I'll say it. And it it. it so I often see this a lot too with the other two big parties where it is almost like a Stockholm syndrome where no matter how badly they treat their constituents and how much they lie and, and gaslight them and, and betray them and whatever, they still are faithful. Um, and yeah, maybe there's a bit of that even within myself. Um, but I, for me personally, I use that to fuel the fire to try to work towards doing better. Um, also to your point, messaging. That's why I believe so firmly in messaging because there is a way to talk to people, to break things down for them, to make it more, I like to say palatable or digestible where they can receive that information. If you just take that extra couple of minutes just to explain to that person the Liberty solution, basically. Um, A good example I like to use is healthcare. Um, I've had people who are very much, you know, the, the Medicare for all, or as they call it, free healthcare. And they ask, what is the libertarian standpoint on that? And it's very easy. And it's also exhausting because we're constantly getting this from the Democrats, from the Republicans. So we're always on the defense. Always, always. And it's exhausting. And we're, I understand we can really, really easily get jaded and get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. But that's so important to spreading the ideology in a way that folks can understand where they're coming from and already um, like they kind of have this preconceived notion of libertarians that we're selfish and we just want to take things away from people because that's government spending and the government's bad and da da. So one, um, one thing that I like explained, for example, my best friend, she was like, well, what's the, you know, what is the libertarian standpoint uh, on Medicare for all? And I said, well, the short answer is, most libertarians believe that private healthcare is the better option. Um, you know, private sector is typically going to be more efficient than most other things. But I, I told her the short answer is private healthcare is better. And I was like, but the long answer, and it's kind of like a multifaceted really answer is that if we 
took government out of healthcare, if we made it more competitive, if we even, you know, things like the FDA, that they put these regulations that are a lot of times they're arbitrary regulations on things. And it's just makes medications and whatnot way more expensive. And if you just look at even um, paperwork, if you just look at the amount of paperwork that has to be filed, if you ever know somebody that works in like medical billing, it's an insane amount of paperwork and it's it's pointless most of the time. And you're having to spend money and resources and manpower to just send out paperwork. It's so stupid. So if you could cut down a lot of that stuff that doesn't do anything to help the efficiency of our healthcare system, then you would have much lower costs because they're paying out a lot less. They're not having to pay people to file paperwork, to type it up, to spend money on printing and envelopes and mailing. I mean, it's just all these little things that really, really add up. Um, so I sort of explained to her that would drive down the cost of a private policy. And then if you look at taxes, and of course, taxation is theft, of course, it's, it's a big job. Uh, yeah. But if you look at how if we could reduce the amount of taxes that were taken out of a person's paycheck every week or every two weeks or whatever, then they could take that excess money that they now have in their pocket and put it towards a private policy that is now also much more affordable because we're opening up, um, you know, across state lines and whatnot. So it is a lot of these issues are very nuanced and they take a lot of energy to explain the libertarian solution to it. But most people, whether they just don't have the patience, they're jaded, they're, they don't feel like taking the time, maybe they don't even know how to explain it in a way that is nuanced or whatever. And they just say, no, the private, private sector is better. And that's all this person gets. So now the person on the receiving end of that information just hears, okay, well, this person is a jerk and they just want don't want people to have health care and they just want us to pay out out of pocket which is not really possible for a lot of people when policies are costing thousands of dollars a month so without explaining how and why it could be better all this person is receiving is like okay well you just don't think people should have medicare or it should only be for people who are have enough you know income to afford it and you're disenfranchising so many people by not taking the time to work on that messaging and to properly explain how and why our solution could be better. I would rather give you 50 bucks than LP national at this point. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll take it. No, like, like I'm dead serious. Like yeah. it's, it's at the point now where, you know, we've had, we've had almost a 50 year experiment. Yes. And we, you know, it's, it, it hasn't brought us the results that we thought it was going to give us at the time of its inception at the at our highest points and even in the lull years. And it, it's at the point where it's like if if there was a company that went around selling it like a defective product or service for almost 50 years, nobody would give it money. Uh, I, I talk to people who are are large paying donors to the LP. Like they're giving at least four or five figures annually. And I ask them, it's like, you know, you didn't just get that money. You're not you know, you're, 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 you're well off, but it's like, you didn't just get that out of nothing. Like the way that you treat yourself in your personal finances and your business, the way the, the principles that you apply to that, it, it's almost like that goes out the door of the libertarian party. It's almost like in the real world, I'll put air quotes around that you expect to get an actual result for what you're putting your money towards. And then in LP land, it just becomes about good intentions and feeling better. And I look at that and it's just like, how, how I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I was the broke college kid years ago who was giving $20 to Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, who was doing the, you know, the, the annual LP uh, membership fees and everything else. And it got to the point where it's like, I've become so self-reliant on hoping that they just won't do something stupid that I'm often ignoring the things I could be doing to actually improve my own life. And, and that's the thing that, bothers me the most because and it's it's not just them it's the political nature of everything whether it's campaigns or organizations or what have you it's we're just going to take from you and some some places deliver better results than others you know we could probably put up a list of them but when it just comes to you know the Nat, lp national it's like i look at it and it's like you know maybe it's time to let it atrophy 
Maybe it's time for people to break up into their own little fiefdoms and, you know, problems will erupt there because wherever there are people, there will be problems. And then, you know, when that happens, just focus on individuals. Because I would argue that there are only a few key libertarian figures right now that have probably done more, more in their own way to bring people over to these ideas than the Libertarian Party has at this point. And I'm not saying that because I hate it. I say this at a point of being hurt because I put so much time towards it. I was the guy living in my car, running around for campaigns. I was the guy taking the very little money I had, throwing it towards all these things. And when I look at everything that has happened since, I'm not just disappointed. I'm just hurt when I see this. Yes, exactly. And I totally agree with you that I, I, you know, not to like say I'm in my feelings, but it is, it's very disappointing. And, and you feel very let down by just the lack of consideration almost. It, it almost feels inconsiderate, you know, like, yeah. like it's hard not to not, it's hard not to take it personally when you're, you're giving so much time, effort, money, whatever, and you're just not seeing what you want. Um, and I completely agree. And the other thing is that there are also a lot of folks that don't really realize that the state affiliates and national are two very different entities. Um, it's like different countries speaking different languages, it seems. It is. It is. And not to say, and I don't also, just to kind of throw this in there, I don't want this to seem like I'm completely bashing national. Uh, I think there are some very wonderful people who are. Oh, in no, I'm the one who called them Chris Brown. You're safe. <laughs> I, I did go to the um, 50th anniversary uh, party out in Denver, and I got to talk to a lot of really, really great people who are, uh, you know, reps within the LNC. And a lot of them do get the messaging thing. They totally are. I talked with them a lot and they get it. But I think it's also sort of. It's coming from above. You know, it's sort of like a a top down kind of issue where they don't say they don't consult every LNC member before they put out a tweet. You know what I mean? Or they put out messaging as far as I know anyway. So it's not to say that it's all bad and, and they're all bad people. I think there are some wonderful people in there. And I think that we need to work really hard towards getting more of those people in there. Uh, and also on a state level too, because what ends up happening is that, um, you know, you can be a delegate to the national convention. So if you have somebody locally that you really love their messaging and you really love what they're supporting and you want to see them go further or push that or whatever, they can go as a delegate to the uh, LNC convention. So it does sort of intermingle in a way, but we are still very separate entities. So you're, you're in Arizona. Arizona's a little bit, you know, more open than the rest of the country right now. And I feel weird saying that in 2021, because for the most part, everywhere, except maybe like really New York and California, for the most part's open, but you don't have a lot of people willing to go out and go back to like normal behavior. Have you been able to go out this year and, you know, go to events or anything and just talk to regular people who want to learn about this stuff? Yeah. So something that I do uh, is actually pin up pageants. Uh, So a lot of times these pageants are at car shows. And um, I ended up just asking the event organizers, hey, listen, I'm with this political party. It's a huge part of who I am and what I do for for, you know, to further liberty for everybody in the state of Arizona. Would it be cool if we got a booth at the at the event? So we started doing and it kind of died off because summertime is so hot that they don't really host any events like that during the summertime. It's like the devil goes to spend the summer in Arizona. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It's, it's horrible. And people would just be fainting. I'm from Sierra Vista. You could cook an egg on the sidewalk. Yes, very much so. Uh, So we'll probably start doing that again as that stuff becomes more prevalent, but we were highly successful in just even just talking to people. Um, and 
there are so many misconceptions of the Libertarian Party that we're all, you know, crazy. Well, I, I would I mean, imagine. I, I would imagine. I mean, there's something a little wrong with us, but <laughs> like I would, I, you know, I, I I could only imagine that it must be harder now in this post-pandemic lockdown world to talk to certain people about this than before. Because before we were dealing with a lot of hypothetical situations and, yeah. you know, a lot of what ifs and stuff. And now you're like, well, you know, I don't think we should shut down the economy because somebody coughs. And other people are saying, no, we need to shut down the economy because that guy coughed. Yeah, absolutely. There, There is a lot of uh, divisiveness going on. And there's a lot of people feeding into that, too. And here, not so much. Um, it, people are generally... Arizona uh, really is kind of a pretty like, yeah, whatever you do, you, I, you know, um, so we haven't really gotten too much of that. We've had a lot of people that actually got it. Like they get it. They're like, yeah, we should never have shut down, especially small businesses. And we shouldn't be mandating, uh, vaccines. And we, you know, if it, if it's going to be an option, it should just be an option. So there are actually, what I'm seeing is a lot of people that are kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get what you guys are are going towards. And there's been, we actually have somebody right now that is at a rodeo down in Sonoido, which is down by the border. And she said that she has had a ton of traffic, a ton of people showing interest in the party. And a lot of their questions are issue specific questions because a lot of people tend to be single issue voters, which I, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's their prerogative. Um, But it's nice to just be able to go to these events, which a rodeo, that's not a political event at all. But a lot of times we are welcome at these events. And all I, when I ask if we can attend, I just say, Hey, listen, um, we just want to do some community outreach in your area. We just want to talk to people and they have no problem with it. And even people who don't necessarily, I'll be honest, I haven't actually had anybody that they were like, nah, this isn't for me. I think the people that do approach us and that do talk to us are already coming to us with an open mind where they are curious and they want to know more and they probably have heard a thing or two about us and maybe it was good things or maybe it was something that they just wanted to verify if we are actually all, you know, crazy libertarians or whatever. Taking Um, horse medication to fight COVID. Hey, what, you know, what, I, I, I'm, yeah, you know, like it's, it's, it's your old, it's your whole thing, man. Like, you know, whatever, whatever helps you out with that, but exactly. it's like, you know, you, you know, like what, what you mentioned a few moments ago, like, you know, uh, aligning your passion with something that you also do, like, come on, pinups yeah. for Liberty is going to bring in a lot more interest for people than the next LP presidential candidate. Like I, you know, I joked at the beginning about the thirst traps for Liberty thing. I don't know who the hell started that, but I was laughing my ass off. You started that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was your thing. Oh, well, yeah. good job with that. That was hilarious. As hell. It was, it was hilarious. Like, I'm Thank like, you. this is actually getting like, you know, some, some of the jokes are like off color all over the place, but it's like, at least they're talking. At least this is like genuinely like, you know, it's all in good spirits and everything, but it's like that alone. It's like, when it comes to concentrated efforts, it's like, I wish more people took the initiative went with a more creative bend to certain things and also just went into it with just a genuine intention. Let's just have fun and let's just see where this goes because that, you know, it's, it's that, it's that cultural bend that at the end of the day is really going to get not only people talking, but people actually changing their minds on these things. And I wish more people did that than just said, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and do all this stuff over here with, you know, whether, you know, I, I, I try not to just blame people. I think it's just the fact that when, when you get into any clique or organization or pool of people where you just don't have the best track record of getting things across to the actual end where you have to deliver results, I, I don't think it's uh, one of the situations where it's just about replacing it with the right people. I think at the end of the day, the only people who are going to deliver liberty for us in our own community are ourselves. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's a big thing about the party is that the most important person in the party is the individual. 
Mm-hmm. That's what this is all about. The, uh, I mean, you know, there's that saying like the only proper person of uh, the only proper purpose of government is to protect the rights of the individual. And I firmly believe in that. And um, I mean, some people might think that's selfish, but it, in my opinion, is better than that collectivist, uh, you know, we have to do it for the greater good. Don't bullshit me. Part of my language. Sorry, I don't know. if. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could drop a fuck bomb if you okay. want. Okay. Uh, no, I'm from works. New York, so I, I, I'm I pretty sure fuck was the first word I ever said. This is, um, this is not a family show. No. Perfect. Perfect. So, you know, it's sort of that thing where now we have that collectivist mentality on a huge scale, especially the pandemic and whatnot has brought that on and really, really pushed it. And people are really buying into it. But at the end of the day, why? And why is it, if you believe for the greater good, why is it that all you're doing is virtue signaling? And everything that you're doing is to virtue signal. Um, so what's the point? That in itself is is selfish. You're doing it for the brownie points of posting a picture of your vaccination card online or whatever. And hey, if that's what you want to do, great. But don't pretend that that's not just to virtue signal. That's not just for people to say, oh, thank you for, for doing that or whatever. Or that's great. I, for I, I got to a point where I was I, I, I was walking to some restaurant with my fiance and we were, we were in a part of town where we know the people who are going around here, they've all taken like their third, fourth, 20th Pfizer shot and they're still wearing masks. And, you know, it's to each their own. You do you, I do me. But it's one of the situations where it's like, I feel like with the masks specifically, when people start saying, well, masks got political, I disagree with that. I think masks got religious because for a lot of people, they felt like this is the one thing they can do that's actually positively impacting somebody else. And that's one of the few times in their life where they could tell themselves that they're courageous. And I think that's sad. I think that says something about a lot of us as a society. I'm not making a judgment call on those people, but I can understand that mentality to that degree. And I see that to a certain degree with, with, with Pete, with a lot of people that are like really the ride or die types for the libertarian party. It's like you, you haven't found the thing that, is uniquely you. So you're mm-hmm. going to go ahead and latch to this and you're going to defend it at all costs, but you're going to keep sticking to this cyclical cycle where you know the results aren't there, but without it, where is your purpose? Right. What do you have? What What are you other than that identity, really? Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what makes collectivism very dangerous. And Right now, it is kind of hard to talk people out of that sort of collectivist mentality that don't really want to think outside of it. Um, and I try not to waste too much time or effort on people that don't want to hear it because that's fine. You, you, I'm not here to actively try to change your mind. If you want to well, talk I, about I think, it. Yeah. I mean, I think the thirst traps for liberty, what was hilarious were the people that were jumping. No, I think it's a great case study. You should run with this really. Like the, the people that were like, I, I saw one gentleman on, on uh, some woman's photo. He's like, you know, there, there, there are people out there. They're actually putting in the work and they're not actually reading her quote. She's just pretty. And it's like, work with what you got, man. Why is exactly. that a problem? Like, exactly. you know, it, like at the end of the day, it's us versus totalitarianism. I don't care what you have to do to get people to start talking about this stuff. Like it's at the point where it's like, I don't want to get locked down again. My, my livelihood and everything else. I can't, I saw, I saw what bad looks like and I don't care how many people have to go ahead and, you know, take out bikini photos from back when we had, didn't have all the COVID weight, like yeah. got to do what we got to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. My thing was like, it's a win-win no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, maybe you just think the person posing the picture is hot. Cool. You're going to like it. And somebody else is going to see that you liked it. And that's what I love about Twitter. I I love Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really have that um, algorithm thing that Instagram and Facebook has. It it is a much more like organic interaction. So guess what? Even if somebody just is like, oh, cool tits. And they just hit like, (laughs) awesome. Well, maybe somebody else is going to see it. And they're like, oh, cool tits and a Rothbard quote. Great. Who is Rothbard? Right. Exactly. So cool. I love that. That was kind of why I started doing it. It was just like, oh, I'm just sort of shit posting, but also with a message behind it. And also if somebody doesn't really care about my message, maybe, it, you know, they'll like it and they'll comment on it and somebody else will see it. So 
it's it's a win-win either way i mean yeah so I, I i um appreciate your your input on that i i was I, 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 I used to talk. No, like, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. So of course the internet always works for me, but it's one of those situations where it's just like, you know, there, there, there seemed to be a divorce a while back between work and fun. Yeah. And it's like, if you're working in the Liberty space, you have to have fun while you're doing it, because if you're not, you're going to burn out so fast. Yeah. And it also got to the point where it's like, you know, align your passions with, with, with your intentions because you have people who are musicians, actors, you have people that are going out and, you know, they have layers to them. They're not just this Liberty troll that's online. And it's like, could you imagine if you really built that base of people that really trust you and like you? And then when the time came for you to be that trusted advisor, then you can throw that 10 cents down. Absolutely. You know, it's like with, that- the, with the Brandy Love situation, that conservative porn star it's like, you know, it was one of the situations where it's like, listen, folks, your feelings about porn don't necessarily matter in this situation, because if she's going to write like a 2000 word article on why the tax code is bad and gun rights and all this other stuff, at the end of the day, who's going to who's going to get in front of more people and possibly have a broader conversation, you or her? Absolutely. And I do think that um, sort of. You know, you build an audience essentially when when you have posts and stuff that go viral. And if you can use Wait, Rob that, Schneider, did you know that Rob Schneider's a libertarian? He's super based. Yes. Rob, Rob Schneider is like legit dropping red pills every other day. And I never thought the guy from the animal was an ANCAP. That freaked me out. It's awesome, but that's that's another case. I know. I didn't realize that. And then one of my my friends here in Arizona was like, put like he was posting all these, um, sharing all these statuses from Rob Schneider. I was like, whoa, Rob's like based as fuck. This is awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, you go to the post and there's all these people that are like, oh, I can't believe you would say that rare and all that, you know. Rob outrageous. Schneider, I thought I knew you better. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I saw you wearing a coconut bra in a movie and I would just would never think that you would have this belief. Like, yeah, he's allowed to have his beliefs and he's allowed to share them and you're allowed to not agree with it. Great. Cool. At the end of the day, he's still using his um, time to talk to his audience about something that he believes in. And I love that. That's kind of where, you know, kind of where I'm at, where also just having genuine interactions with people. Um, I think that that is really, really meaningful where it's not just this uh, copy and paste sort of rhetoric type of thing where when you're more approachable, people are going to want to talk to you more. Period. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's very simple stuff. I always go back to, to like sales examples for that. Yeah. It's like, are you going to go to the guy that looks like he's having a bad day? Or are you going to go to the person who smiled at you as you were walking by knowing that you're not going to come back, but maybe you do. It's um, I mean, situations like that where it's like things, th- th- things always get to a breaking point for certain people. And what I always fear is that somebody's going to get to a breaking point and then they're just going to completely leave this movement. And we have so few people already. And it's like, you know, whether this is your whether option A, B or C is your outlet. Understand that if option A doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean just stop choosing. There, there are other things out there. And, you know, what doesn't work for me will probably work for other people and vice versa. But, you know, I think when when we get to the point where we have to identify, like, maybe may, maybe the problem is something that I just don't want to focus on anymore, but I could take my passions and my time and my energy and my resources elsewhere, that could be the case. So, for I mean, for all the people that hate me and they're like, well, you know, you don't even you ver- you barely even vote libertarian these days, Rem. So why the fuck do we care about you? Like that, you know, very valid, valid uh, opinion right there. But at the same time, it's like there there's more libertarians out there who have nothing to do with the libertarian party than there are. And they're not even active. So whether it's one way or another, people got to stick in the fight because it's it's one of those situations where we don't often have the luxury of getting too choosy about these things in the first place. And whether it's personality or a system there, there's got to be ways for people to at least keep it, keep themselves involved one way. 
That is a great point. And that's something that I really very often hear is like, oh, well, you know, libertarians are so toxic. I saw uh, they're infighting, da 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 And They're like Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Brown is just getting it today, man. <laughs> I saw a Chris Brown music video and I just kept thinking, I can't believe Rihanna didn't just murder you. Seriously, yeah. You could have gotten yeah. away with it too. Oh, there would have been tons of people. She's got uh, that connection. She could do it. <laughs> no one likes Chris Brown that much. But anyway. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, you know what? I don't know anybody that's like a hardcore ride or die Chris Brown fan. I, I'd, I'd help Rihanna hide a body. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And he deserves it after all that shit. Exactly. Um, so kind of to what you were saying earlier is that a lot of our interactions are online. And when you consider these online interactions, a lot of them are trolls. And a lot of people just, you know, like to just fuck around on the internet. And there are people that do intentionally um, put out false information or, or they'll start something and claim to be a libertarian and then it falls on us and people believe it. They, they take it at face value. And one thing that I always like to say to people when they say like, oh, well, I, I kind of, you know, tried to get into the Libertarian Party, but people online were so toxic and rah, rah, rah. I tell them, go to a meeting in person, go to your county affiliate or, or whatever, go to a meetup, anything that you can find in person, because it's not like that in person. It's really not. It's, um, it's a whole different environment when you're face-to-face -face with somebody. And I also tell them to consider the source. If you take into consideration that this person that you interacted with that is saying that they're a libertarian, but they were absolutely horrible to you and whatever, and you talk to them on Facebook. Well, it's Facebook. That's the internet. Anybody can be anybody on the internet. And that's, you just never know who you're actually talking to and whether they're just claiming to be a libertarian and spouting a bunch of crap just to make us look bad. So I think that that's really important to take into consideration also, that if you are not actually active in your party on a local level, give it a try and see if that, you know, interacting with those people actually makes you want to become more involved with the party and actually want to change things on a local level, because that's yeah. what's going to affect you the most. Somebody on Twitter that lives in another country or halfway, you know, halfway uh, around the United States, they aren't going to really have any effect on what's happening to you locally. Exactly. I mean, like the reasons why, why I stopped doing certain things, I never want those to be somebody else's reasons, whether it's a cautionary tale or not. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you know, it's at the point where it's like, I, I wish for every minute somebody spends on Twitter talking this shit, they could actually go out and do something. Yes. Because, I mean, it's it's at the point now where it's like we're outside of the realm of theory. We're outside of the realm of what if, what can, when will it be? We're, we're in the position where it's like the stuff that we've been like complaining about and warning people about for decades, like it's here. Like yeah. it's not even like it's it's happening in our own neighborhoods and stuff like that. And, you know, that now's the time where it's like I, I realized that, you know, I used to think I've got thousands of people who potentially agree with me, but I've probably got less than a dozen people. If I called them right now and said, we need to go do something and take care of a situation, but whether it's go petition or go talk to somebody or go do something to take action, it's a very small number of people, but at least I can name those people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's something that, you know, also not to trash social media. I have made so many wonderful connections. Oh, it's the best, worst, media. terriblest, awesome thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you can grow your audience with your messaging, um, then what you can do is also take that and and make connections and network and then somebody might know somebody that's how that we were able to link to this area. episode yeah exactly yeah. exactly uh, so you just it, it's you really got to just get out there and do it that's the biggest thing that's how i became the second vice chair of the azlp i just showed up at an event i volunteered to help and all of a sudden, um, I worked for the Joe Jorgensen campaign. I was the um, Arizona State phone banking coordinator. And I only got that position because I went and volunteered at the spike rally that was here. And that was how I got involved. I just showed up. I was just like, hey, I don't know anybody, but I'm Lauren and uh, let's 
get shit done. And that's it. All you, most of the time, if you just show up, they will be so happy to just have somebody show up and want to do things really. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, uh, this has been a great talk. You let me bitch and complain and just completely uh, pour out a lot of my negative thoughts on this issue. And I mean, everything is the intention of love. I only complain about the things that I love about. And when it comes to everything going on right now, I think we often for, forget that because we're, we're out, you know, as I mentioned, as I, you know, a dozen, 20, you know, hundred times by now, it's like, we're outside of the realm of theory. Like this is the time for action. And, you know, when I see you do stuff like what you did on Twitter and I laugh at that, I'm thinking at least somebody's doing something because at least I'm seeing it happen for people. Like the, the light bulb is clicking on yes. and I, I, I want to see more of that. I want I, I want the LP Nationals to succeed. I do. Yes. Like I don't want it to fall apart, but it's also one of the situations where it's like, you know, I'm not the right person to do it. I hope to God somebody else is. That person's got to be out there. Lauren, thank you so much for your time. If people want to connect with you all over Al Gore's amazing internet, how could they do so? (laughs) Um, My Twitter is at Lauren underscore Liberty underscore. And that's mostly where I'm at. I am most active on Twitter. I have other social media, but uh, like I'm mostly on, on the Twitter. So that would be the best way to get in touch with me. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, folks, if you appreciate conversations like this, please leave a five-star rating and review so people can know about the fun we're having because it's not always down and sour. Sometimes it's actually kind of fun and we keep conversations like this moving. Special thanks to the We Are Libertarians Network. Check out all the shows six days a week. And as always, follow me on Twitter at HeyRemso, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O. All righty, take care. Be good. I'll talk to you later.